Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It's Wednesday, July 6th, and I'm Joey Pizzolatto, joined by Amanda Harris. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending July 1st, 2022. In general economic news, consumer spending increased at its softest pace since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, according to the Commerce Department revisions released last week. Spending on goods and services notched up 1.8% annualized compared with an expected 3.1% increase in a previous estimate. Overall gross domestic product was revised down slightly to a 1.6% annualized decline in the first quarter. In automotive, jobs related to the electric vehicle to electric vehicle manufacturing had a growth spurt in 2021 as OEMs strive to make good on lofty EV production goals. Carbon reducing motor vehicles and components parts technologies grew 25% year over year in 2021, led by new jobs in EVs and hybrid EVs, which posted a 26% increase and a 19.7% year over year increase respectively, according to the Department of Energy's 2022 U.S. Energy and Employment Report released Tuesday. EVs, plug-in hybrid vehicles, and hybrid vehicles were the only subcategory of any energy job that increased from 2019 to 2021 and did not post declines from 2019 to 2020. In auto finance, our top stories last week centered on the Federal Trade Commission's renewed interest in junk fees and Ford Motors suspending its lease buybacks for electric vehicles. Amanda, let's start with the FTC. Uh, what's their stance on junk fees? How, and how is it different, if, if it is at all, um, from you know, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau stance? Right, so the FTC also has kind of come out and proposed a rule to ban these kind of so-called junk fees. Junk fees is, is kind of like a, almost like a throwaway term right now. Um, and that's not coming from me, that's coming from experts in the, <laughs> in the space, um, in the compliance space for auto finance. But it's one of those terms that kind of means a lot of different things. Um, but really what they're talking about is, um, you know, anything that's tied to, you know, fees of add-on products or services, um, fees that might be deem like too high, you know, for a certain product or service, um, kind of hidden type fees um, and that are within the auto loan contract. So when we're talking about auto finance, really what we're talking about is fees related to uh, the vehicle's cost, terms of financing, add-on products, services, um, you know, discounts, things like that. And it really comes into play when you repossess a car and then if a consumer um, makes a claim that, you know, there were some hidden fees, um, some deceptive language, anything like that against um, the dealer that sold them to the car, then we have to remember under the FTC's holder rule, the lenders are also on the hook for any of those claims uh, made against the dealer. So they can also have the same claims brought against them. That's why it's important to kind of note what the FTC and the CFPB are kind of honing in on just because um, it could impact the creditors as well as the dealers. So this kind of junk fee, you know, viewpoint, um, the CFPB really was more broad. So it had to do with like fees related to credit cards as well, mortgages, pretty much any of these kind of so-called so 
like convenience type fees. Um, and then FTC really brought it more specifically to auto finance and even more specifically, really looking at these optional kind of add-on products. Um, you know, do, do the customers know what they're buying? Do they know how much they're paying for it per month with or without these products? So that's really important to disclose. Um, when I bought my car that, I don't remember that if they were like super specific, but I also didn't ask <laughs> what it was with or without the add-on products. I just said, sure, add them all in. Um, I was still within the monthly payment I wanted to be at, and that's all I cared about, right? But some consumers may wanna know like how much more am I gonna pay per month if I'm adding on like a warranty or, or gap or something like that. And if it's gonna be a huge jump, they may decide to opt out. So it's those kind of practices the FTC is kind of looking at right now as proposed, um, has to go through a couple different hurdles to be passed. Um, if it is passed, then obviously this would be something that dealers really need to make sure that they're doing um, to stay in the FTC's good graces because it could come, a, come um, onto them as like an unfair practice type of um, action. So obviously there's, and there's already been actions against add-on products for a while. We know that those have been under the regulators microscope for a while. So this is kind of the latest iteration of that, specifically looking at auto finance from a federal point of view. Got it. Our other top story um, was that Ford Motors suspended its lease buybacks for electric vehicles. Um, and this was a pretty significant move. Um, it has pretty, pretty big impl implications sort of to how the auto lending community is, is going to you know, approach uh, electric vehicle uh, residual value forecasting and, you know, those calculations in the underwriting process. So, Amanda, what can you let us let us in, like, what what's so significant about this? Sure. Um, well, there's a couple of things driving this. So they stopped lease buyouts essentially to keep tight control of both the EV batteries coming back in the cars. I mean, that's the main driver, right? They want those batteries back because they're trying to be sustainable and they want to recycle them. But also they're wanting the EVs back as well. Um, part of that, you know, there's limited EV inventory out there. Inventory is tied across, you know, across the board with new vehicles. Electric vehicles is, is being hit even harder. There's not a lot out there to begin with. It's a small portion of the market to begin with. And then you also want to make sure to get the batteries back because we know that there is a life cycle of these batteries. It's, it's pretty long. Um, so there's not a huge concern that within like a three-year lease or a five-year lease that they would be used up. But because they would still have quite a bit of life left, there is an aftermarket, you know, life for these batteries. So whether or not, um, you know, the OEMs decide to, you know, recycle them, sell them off to like a company they work with, um, get some money back for them, and then it's recycled into like the next steps, all that's still kind of being worked out. It's not super clear. It's not like a super hard... Um, defined used market yet for EV batteries. They're kind of creating one as part of it. Um, but then also like they could potentially get the car back and put a new upgraded in three, five years, no technology moves quickly. It's possible they came out with better EV battery technology. You can put a new one, a better one in it and then sell the car as a, a certified pre-owned vehicle. And it's almost like selling a new vehicle, but as a used car. Um, so they're getting more life out of the vehicle itself because it's, it's, it'd be comparing, like it's told to me, it was basically comparable as putting a new engine in a car. Um, so as long as obviously the body of the car is not super damaged, you put a brand new battery in it, you sell it to CPO, that's a really, really good used vehicle and they're gonna get a, quite a bit out of it. Um, 
just by putting a new battery in there. So there's a couple of reasons they're not wanting to have consumers just buy them out. Um, I mean, they're also right now used vehicle values are very high. So it obviously it benefits them to get them back in their hands and put them back into their own um, you know, ecosystem. And, and that's kind of what they're doing. So a couple of things driving this. Um, it's right now, it's still a pretty small market. So it's not really something that's gonna shake things up too, too much other than consumers who lease these won't be able to purchase them. But if you're leasing, I imagine the, some of those customers may not really care about that because they're just gonna lease another vehicle anyway. <laughs> so you can just pick a different EV um, and lease it that way. So that's still an option. But if the inventory stays tight in new vehicles and if this trend kind of carries over into ICE vehicles, that's obviously a whole bigger scope of something. And I've heard that that's, that's possible, right? It's possible that they could like, car makers could start thinking about this and in lease buyouts in general. Um, so if that happens, that obviously would have a, a way bigger impact um, and they would be really controlling their own supply of off these vehicles, which would be interesting. Right, right. I, I think, you know, maybe with inventory the way it is, you know, limiting lease buybacks um, or would sort of benefit the short term. Um, but, you know, once inventory gets back to normal, you know, I don't see why, you know, OEMs wouldn't allow buybacks on, on ICE vehicles. I do think it's, you know, it's important to underscore, you know, what you mentioned um, just again about controlling that sort of secondary market um, by not, by, you know, taking these off-lease vehicles back into their ecosystem, right? You're, 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 you're not allowing the market to sort of dictate its own prices. You, as, as you know, an OEM, you are able to, to kind of control the price of that used vehicle more and limit its depreciation if it's not open to sort of the wider market and, you know, that kind of auction ecosystem where, um, you know, supply and demand um, sort of dictate the prices of vehicles. Um, so, so really, uh, I think that that is kind of like the most interesting thing about it. Um, which will sort will, will certainly you know if if other OEMs pick this up um, and this just becomes a trend in electric vehicles as you know uh, recycling technology sort of advances, um, you know it, it might it might you know make it harder to underwrite these electric vehicles um, or you know maybe maybe it's easier because you know the the vehicles are going to hold their value better because it's controlled by you know the individual uh, manufacturer. So I think there's a lot of ways that this can go um, and will definitely be interesting to see how it shakes up. So we'll be watching that. Mm -hmm. Finally, June sales numbers are in uh, with Ford Motor outperforming the rest of the industry, posting a 30% increase in sales year over year. EV sales notably increased 55% year over year. Uh, General Motors Q2 sales dropped 15% year over year and Stellantis Second quarter sales dropped 16% year over year. Uh, for Ford automakers, Honda June year-to-date sales are down 39.3% year over year. Hyundai's global sales are down 4.5% year over year. Toyota Motor North America's June sales are down 17.9% year over year. And Nissan North America's June sales increased 28.2% year over year. Um, Industry-wide, that puts U.S. light vehicle sales for the month of June at about 13.2 million uh, annualized units, according to auto data. 
which is roughly in line with the JP Morgan equity research forecast and the Bloomberg consensus estimate of 13.3 million. Uh, the SAR increased uh, 3% sequentially. Um, it was down 14% year over year, according to JP Morgan. Um, and that figure is also just shy of, June, of Cox Automotive's June estimate of 13.8 million units for the month. That about does it for today's episode. As a reminder, don't forget to register for the Auto Finance Summit, which returns to the Win Las Vegas, October 26th through 28th. We are also welcoming uh, speaker nominations uh, to come speak at our conference. So if you are a lender and you would like to participate, please reach out to us. We would love to have you. Um, thanks for joining us on the roadmap and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. We will see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time.